So I'm going to call up four people who went on a phenomenal excursion. Uh, we have a video that I want everybody to check out. Have fun. 1947. Two shiploads of Jewish refugees from Europe attempt to land in Palestine, only to be turned away by the British and shipped to internment on Cyprus. The British mandate in Palestine was about to end, however, and the United Nations was debating the partition of Palestine between the Jews and the Arabs as a solution to the turmoil in that country. In May of 1948, a new Jewish state, Israel, was born in a bath of blood. Jewish troops routed Arab forces from the city of Haifa in the first of a series of battles that were to reverberate through the years. In the year of independence, fighting was fierce in the Negev desert area. Here, Israeli troops routed the Arabs and took hundreds of prisoners. Meanwhile, on May 14, 1948, the new government, headed by David Ben-Gurion, is installed in Tel Aviv. Thus, for the first time since the Roman legion destroyed Jerusalem in the year 70 AD, the Jewish people have a nation of their own. United Nations teams accompany Israeli soldiers under the white flag to retrieve the bodies of soldiers killed in the continuing strife with Arab troops. The UN was able to effect some uneasy pacts calling for a truce, but skirmishes continued to break out. Dr. Chaim Weizmann joined Premier Ben-Gurion in the government. The Jewish patriot became president as Israel went before the United Nations to seek a place in that world body. The Middle Eastern Arabic nations were in violent opposition, and when Israel was voted a membership, they walked out in a body. For the rest of the day, their seats remained empty, but they returned the next morning to no further incident. Thus, history was made as the Jewish state of Israel was born. Conceived in strife and weaned on violence, Israel has flourished to become a constructive voice in world affairs. Her flag became a symbol of hope in a troubled world. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that leads us into an excursion, a trip, a pilgrimage, call it whatever you want, that these four folks and many others took to Israel uh, last month. And they have some things they want to share. We're going to start with Laren Freeman, who's going to come up and share. And I think you have some other things to be seen. I do. Thank you. Hello. Um, I put together some photos because pictures are worth a thousand words. Um, so, JC, just make sure that it's a quick slideshow. Thank you. Um, Israel is a beautiful country. I feel so fortunate to be able to go. Um, I made a lot of really wonderful friends. Um, I learned so much about the country. Uh, it has an amazing history, as you can imagine. Um, our tour guide had been studying. She's a Messianic believer, and she'd been studying for about 20 years. Um, so she just had a wealth of information. Um, there are so many places to see. We went to about five natural parks. There are about 50, so we just barely scratched the surface. And it felt like we were going you know, all day long, So, and we were. Um, the food was amazing. I mean, I think I must have gained like five or 10 pounds there. Um, it was just, you know, a banquet wherever you go. Uh, amazing shawarma and falafel. Um, you know, uh, 
just everything was just so beautiful. I was so um, astonished by how green the country is and how beautiful the countryside is. Um, I think I probably took about 2,000 photos there. So I'm actually an artist, so I'll use that for source material for paintings. So I'm excited about that too. So it was an amazing trip. Um, I'm so happy that I went. I encourage you all to go. And uh, Dennis and Tina um, put together a wonderful tour. Um, they, you know, it coincided with a larger uh, trip by Chosen People's Ministries, which is one of our sister uh, congregations or ministries, excuse me, that, you know, Son of David is affiliated with. Um, so there are larger groups involved. Um, but, you know, our, our trip just felt very special. Um, and, you know, it was made even more special by our, our guide, Sonia, who is a real genuine Jewish mother. So that was wonderful, too. So thank you very much. I had a wonderful trip. I have a question for you before you go. Absolutely. Did anything particular impact you about the trip? Uh, I know all the beautiful eating, the sights, and the fellowship. But did something touch you in your heart during that trip? You know, I, I of course, understood how important Israel is. Um, but for me, um, it was all of the miracles that have happened in establishing this country and keeping us safe. It was just so, so powerful to see, like, how this country has just been created um, you know, out of the desert, and just knowing how much, how much, that is the apple of God's eye, and how much God has done. So, it just learning about that really was so impactful. Thank you. Awesome. And you know, I hear that from everybody who travels to Israel. The the book, the Holy Bible, comes to life when you go into the land and. Sit and hey, I read that city, and I, I, I heard about that experience or whatever, and it just, phew, everybody must go at least once. Phyllis Kabui has something to share, and this wasn't her first trip, is that correct? It, it was my third trip. Shalom, everybody. Um, Pastor, I just want to give you just a snippet of uh, how I came to, um, not only to love the God's people, his land, his city, but to be um, burdened by what this book tells us, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Um, in the 90s, I, was, um, I, I used to work in New York, and I used to go to Times Square Church, which is a large, uh, uh, call it? non-denominational church, uh, founded by a great man of God, David Wilkerson, who passed away a few years ago. And one day, um, I used to read the Bible just like everybody else, but one day he came with a burden, and he said to us, God has put in, in my heart uh, the heavy burden of some of the countries in this world, and I'm asking you to join me to pick three countries that you must pray for every day. And um, he gave us a list of countries, and number one was Israel. Number two was America. And, um, and I, he said, you must pray. Ask God which countries he will put in your heart 
that you intercede for them. And I went home and I, you know, I used to read the Bible. I used to uh, hear about all these good things about Israel being restored and all that. But the, that night when I was praying, Israel was my top. And, uh, of course, America and my birth country. I'm originally from Kenya. And since 1998, that day when he said that, my heart went for the people of God. And I loved that country which I have never known except through the Bible. And every time I read this book, that country became like my home. And it was, it's amazing that many years after, I joined Son of David congregation. And gi God gives me the first opportunity to visit the land in 2013 with Tina and Dennis. And the first time I saw us go up to Jerusalem, I can tell you my heart leapt out. Because I knew this was a beginning of a journey. And from that day, I still continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, but most, mostly to pray that God's people will come back to him. When I read this book, I see so many places where God has said, they will be my people and now be their God. Every time, they'll be my people, and now be their God. They'll be my people, and now be their God. But you know what? If we don't pray, every time you pray, every time you roll a burden, whether it's of a country, a people, uh, as somebody in your house, in your family, a friend, who is burdened, like our, our sister Christine, every time you pray, you are giving God the permission to work in that situation. We can work. We work. We have doctors. We have this. We have that. But you know what? He is the mighty God. He tells us all things are possible with him. There's nothing difficult for him. And so from that time on, I have tested his word, and I've seen it is true. So anyway, coming back to uh, my <laughs> uh, what really um, made me even go at that time, let me tell you, as, as uh, you said, my brother, Charlie, the Bible comes alive. I will tell you. For me, when I go to the Sea of Galilee and, and the, uh, uh, the area around it, I can, I can only think of those days when my Savior walked on that water. When he calmed the sea. When he fed many thousands with very little. For me, visiting that place, I can go there and live there because it reminds me of the faithfulness of God. Yes, I have uh, some great, um, what do you call them? Um, uh, heroes in the Bible. And one is David. When I walk on Ella Valley and remember the story of David and Goliath, it tells me that this book is true. From Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22nd, 21st uh, verse. It is true. And whatever God has said he will do, it will come to pass. When I go to Mount Carmel, <laughs> it reminds me of the story of Elijah. With the 450 prophets of Baal. And you know what? God showed up. And everybody bowed down and said, the Lord is God. 
when I visit the city of Jerusalem, I walk in the city of David. It reminds me that there was that man called David, the one that God said, it is, he is a man after my heart. So this book becomes even more important for me and to trust it and to say if the promises that God made to Israel that is blooming today, you go to the shuk or to the market and you see how much that country produces. 95% of what they consume is produced in that country. You go to the, to the desert and you see springs of water. What else can you say? Who else can do it except our God? Adonai. He's real. And so to conclude, I continue to have the burden for the people of God, for his land and his city. But mostly because of what uh, Paul said in Romans, if their rejection has meant life for us, the Gentiles, what about their acceptance? What will it be except life from the dead? And for me, the big burden now is to pray that they will come to know Yeshua and Mashiach, that they will come to, to God and cry out. Because he said, unless they cry out, he's not coming back. And I'm waiting for him to come back. I want to go home. And so we need to pray, not only for the peace of Jerusalem, but for the people of God to come back. And as uh, Ranan said, this was really a second blessing for me because of this group that had come from all over the world through uh, Chosen People Ministries. Many speakers shared the word of God. But there was one particular thing that really caught my heart. How the Messianic movement is growing in Israel. It's amazing. And so our prayers are not wasted. And I can tell you, as long as we don't focus our eyes on sharing the good news of the kingdom of God with his people, until the word can come back from Zion, he's not coming. So my brethren, I, I beg you, let's join hearts and let us beseech our Heavenly Father that he may send messengers to his people to awaken them to know that he has promised and he will deliver. Thank you for listening. Can everybody say Barikiwa? <laughs> yes, Barikiwa. That's Kiswahili. Anyway, praise God. He is good. Thank you, thank you. Good word. I don't know about you. Being a Jew, I am provoked by the words that are shared by people who have a Jewish heart that were not raised, reared as Jewish people. It provokes me. I got a long way to go. I'm telling you. Thank you so much. You had me in tears. Uh, and I'm thinking, you know, in what you said, all of us have a calling to share the Lord in some way. Remember, 
not everybody's going to be out there overtly. You can be back behind the scenes praying. You can be sending out people. You can be uh, handing out tracts. You can be doing so many different things to share the Lord. You don't have to be a TV evangelist. In some ways, I say, God forbid. But uh, other ways, you know, some of them are really doing a good work. But next, Gary Sheldonham's going to come up. I don't know if you're going to share also, but whatever happens, take the lead. Shalom, everybody. Shabbat shalom. Yeah, um, we're really blessed. Um, I was in the military, and for uh, about seven years, we were assigned in uh, Germany. And, and while we were there, oh, perfect, man, thanks. Taking everything. Awesome. So um, this, uh, we were really blessed. Uh, we'd not been to Israel since, 19, since the year 2000, so it had just really changed a lot in 18 years. Um, our previous three trips and all that, uh, our uh, tour guides were, were like non-believing um, Isra- um, Israel citizens, um, and we saw quite a lot of things. I mean, um, it was well planned out and everything, but this was the first time we ever had uh, a, 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 a Messianic believer who loves Yeshua, and it, it was just awesome. Um, she um, not only provided you know, several biblical references to things that had happened, uh, prophetic references about things which are going to happen, um, she also shared um, how God intervened, you know, uh, while her son was in the uh, military serving and how God had saved the lives of him and, and others by just stepping in and just doing these awesome, awesome things. Um, one thing, and I don't remember her story about her son uh, driving tanks and all, but, but there was a, a story that she shared, and uh, some of you might remember it. It was back in August of, of 14 when, I'm not sure if it was Syria or from the Gaza area where they were launching all these rockets at Israel again, I mean, just like they, they do frequently. And apparently they had launched uh, a rocket that was supposed to hit Tel Aviv in the middle of the day on a busy day and supposed to have a, a lot of casualties, a lot of people dying. And she said that, that it was in the uh, news and, and people talked about it, but I even looked it up yesterday. And the way that it's spoken about is the hand of God, you know, just, just, just move the wind and move this rocket into the sea. You know, so, so God... God loves his people. God, God loves his chosen. God called them unto his own, and God is protecting them. God is watching over them, even if they, <clears throat> excuse me, even if they don't yet know him, um, them being collective Israel. Um, not, it was exciting to see the land where Yeshua and other people from the Bible walked and lived, and, and um, you know, we really enjoyed, you know, um, all the sites that we saw and, and, and all that. But um, my favorite site, the favorite uh, area that I, I love to go to is I love to be on, you know, looking at, uh, I think we're on, on the Mount of Olives and we're looking toward the Eastern Gate because that's where Yeshua is supposed to return during the, the second coming when he comes down. Uh, Zechariah 14.4 states, and his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the sea and toward the west. And there shall be a, great, a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north and half of it toward the south. Yeshua's coming back. And it was interesting, too, that I guess uh, the Muslims uh, know prophecy. They know the, the Bible, and 
they don't know Yeshua, but they know the Bible, and they know that, he, that that's where he's supposed to come back. So they've you know, blocked the gate and sealed the gate, and they put a, a Muslim cemetery right in, in front of the gate as if the maker of all things is going to be thwarted by, by man's shallow efforts to try and, and block Messiah from, from coming. So that was just, it's interesting. Um, my personal highlight on this trip, our personal highlight, I think, wasn't the sights, which were awesome. wasn't the food, which I gained about 10 pounds. It was awesome. Um, wasn't floating in the Dead Sea, which, you know what I'm going to say, it's awesome. So I'm from California, that's, that's my word. But, but it, it was really in the people that we met and, and uh, visiting ministries. Um, we, um, I can't think of the pers- person that we, we saw, I think it was on our first night. Um, his wife makes jewelry and she sings. I think his name might be George. Uh, not Vacha and Barry. We we saw them. They're pretty much heading a vision for Israel. But it was we first saw the um, we saw. I, I think she sang a, a song for us. And they they went to the hotel um, and sang for us. And they're just an awesome couple. And they're just doing great ministries. Um, we also saw saw a Be'etzar Shalom, the CPM office in Jerusalem, and there was um, a young legal team that was there that briefed us on on the things that that they were doing all pro bono. I think they were kind of working on um, people who uh, uh, cases for people who want to obtain citizenship. Ali, uh, Aliyah, thank you, Aliyah. So that was exciting. We uh, uh, visited um, Vision for Israel, which is Barry and Batya Siegel. Batya wasn't around, but they have a, I believe it's a $12.5 million facility that's all paid for that God is using for, for their uh, uh, ministry, which is to provide you know, food for the needy, the needy Jews and the needy Arabs. There's no distinction in love, and they're doing awesome things. And and um, um, he, uh, he, pardon me, humanitarian aid, and uh, just to help out the poor and those who who uh, need the help, all in the name of, of Yeshua. So they have an awesome ministry there. We went to Be'ed uh, Chaim, uh, 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 a pro-life women's center in Jerusalem a nonprofit organization dedicated to the protection of women and unborn children. And God is just really, really blessing them also. I mean, not that they couldn't use your support. They can, but, but still continue to pray for these three ministries and others. Um, um, sorry, I'm kind of, uh, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm better. I'm back on track. Number five. Um, additionally, you know, we met a few American believers in Messiah who had made Aliyah in Israel. We met, uh, uh, Darren was his American name, but, uh, Doron, he was from Texas, and he worked at the hotel that we uh, stayed at. I think uh, he's been there about 27, 28 years. A young lady also who worked at, at, at the uh, desk there, made Aliyah. She works at that, uh, the same hotel. There was a young Israeli-American soldier from Maui, and um, she didn't look military at all. But when we went to the uh, tank museum, um, you know, she, uh, her story is, as her family made Aliyah, and they all became Israeli citizens as well as American citizens. And as soon as their paperwork got stamped, she was giving conscription papers to sign. She was going straight into the IDF, and she had no idea what was going on. But, you know, she went willingly, certainly, and they put her up because her, her, her English is so well, go figure. Um, and, and, and she has an awesome attitude. She was um, working at the Tank Museum to give tours to us and others. So she was awesome. And she was, I believe, a believer in Yeshua. So that was awesome. But, um, yeah, finally, uh, what else? There was a, um, 
we met a, a young female officer from the IDF who was a believer in Yeshua, and, and she shared her personal experiences in the uh, military. And the thing that's, that stood out from, from what she shared was that in her basic training course, they taught about the religions in Israel. And when they spoke about Judaism, they referred to Messianic Judaism as a sect of Israel. So even the government is, is, is recognizing what, what our Lord is doing. And um, we even heard from other people, um, other briefers, others, I don't remember who, that there's as many as maybe 30,000, 35,000 believers in Yeshua in Israel. Now, that might be high, but the whole thing is maybe God is opening up the hearts for the Jews in Israel to come back. So that was really touching. Um, uh, my wife and I, you know, we were baptized uh, years ago, and we, we made a decision, kind of a quick decision, but I'm really glad that we did to be baptized in the Sea of Galilee while we were there, too. And that was an awesome time to, if you, I would say renew our vows, right? But to, 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 um, to, to just think about everything, you know, you know, what's happened the last 30 years of our, of our, our life in Yeshua, you know, what does God have us to do, and how can we be a, a bigger part of his, his, his uh, plan? Um, so that was, that was, um, that was really, really awesome. Um, but really, uh, you know, I didn't, uh, my camera broke several times while I was there. And so, um, I didn't take quite as, as many pictures and, but I was thinking, you know, maybe, you know, why did my camera break? Why did God allow me, you know, you know, to travel all that distance and to, you know, spend all that money and spend whatever and have it you know, break? And I'm thinking maybe, um, he just wanted me to, you know, focus I'm processing, you know, what he was, you know, showing and what he was doing. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, these uh, uh, ministries and all that, you know, that we visited, he wants us to be a part of as we look at uh, retirement in the next, you know, 15 years or so. Maybe the, the, the young people that we met, them, that, that made Aliyah, that, that uh, wanted to be American citizens and also citizens of God's chosen land, Israel, you know, maybe God's wanting us to go that path. We just don't, don't know. So, um, you know, um, this was an awesome pilgrimage for us. Um, it uh, was different in that we didn't, we focused, I, I think, less on all of the, the really neat places that, that really told their own stories, if you will, because of what we know about the, the Bible, but more so, I, I think, on the people, on what God's doing, and maybe what, asking ourselves, you know, what God wants to do in our lives. So that's all I have. Thank you very much. And immersion is a, a real special thing that a lot of people experience when they go to Israel. Uh, I was personally immersed uh, in uh, Denver, Colorado. But when I went to Israel, I felt, you know, there's something special about being in the land. So I had asked uh, the folks uh, to do an immersion there for me. And that was special, very special. So, David Wagner is going to uh, put the tail on this, and I'll share some scriptures afterward. Thank you very much. Well, one disadvantage of being the last one up is everybody else steals all the stuff that you have to say. Um, so I'm just going to share some some very personal reflections. This was my first time, other than a couple of uh, 
pre 9 11 uh, Johnson to Canada for some shopping tours over in Windsor and Sarnia. My first time I've ever been out of the country. So the first time I've ever had to get a uh, passport. So we did that several months ago, had it in plenty of time. Like everybody has said, it was an amazing time. I grew up having zero connection to Israel, to Jewish people, um, evangelical, Pentecostal. But as a young boy, my mom told me something that I think has, has shaped this and put me on a particular trajectory. And I'm a little nervous because I'm used to hiding behind a music stand and a, and a guitar. Um, always pray for the Jews. I was about eight or nine years old at the time. Always pray for the Jews. They're God's special people. Don't say anything bad about them. Always pray for them. And I listened to my mama. I did. Um, so the first connection I had was when I got to college and got into a congregation that had Jewish believers in it, including Barry Siegel, who for a while we were actually housemates. Um, we got to be very good friends. But there wasn't anything personally for me in that. Then a couple of years ago, my youngest daughter decided to do a DNA thing. And guess what? I found out on my dad's side that I'm related to the Shapiro Hasidic dynasty. Whoa! I've been to the Holocaust Museum here a couple of times. It was always very difficult. I was in fear and trembling when we went to Yad Vashem in Israel. And as a young boy, I was taught by my dad to not be emotional. But for probably the first time since I was like four or five years old, I saw the I saw the piles of the pictures of the piles of bodies. I physically broke down. If it hadn't been for my wife grabbing my arm and me leaning up against the wall, I would have collapsed on the floor in tears. It moved me that much. And there was a connection that I felt to the land, whether it was through my relatives, I mean, they're, they're distant relatives. I, I, you know, we knew nothing about that. But whether it was through them or if it's just through God's calling, I felt a certain connectedness to the land and the people that I, I can't explain. I, I, I don't understand it at this point myself. Um, Yad Vashem was a, was a very deeply moving experience for me. The other deeply moving experience was being on top of Mount Carmel. Knowing the story, and I've read this one again since I was in Sunday school as a little kid. You know, Elijah up there, and he's, hey, maybe, you're, maybe your God is on vacation. You know, maybe he's uh, 
asleep. Let, let, let's yell a little bit louder. Wake him up. Maybe he's off partying someplace and got drunk, or, you know, and all of this stuff. And he's just taunting him. And it says all day. And then he finally builds his altar. And he tells them to go down and get water. Well, you know, I thought, okay, well, that's, you know, five or ten minutes, you know, over to a creek and come back with water. And I'm standing there on top of it, and I'm seeing miles and miles and miles to the nearest source of water. That had to have taken hours each direction. And they come up, and they douse this, and then God sends fire. I could almost feel the fire of God coming down on that mountain. And that was that was before Yad Vashem, so that was extremely moving then, but Yad Vashem was even more so. Um, yes, Sonia was absolutely wonderful as a tour guide. Her knowledge was incredible. Her not, not just of the land, but of scripture, prophecy, current events, and how that all weaves together was amazing. It filled in so many little gaps that I had in my own understanding. But it was like God himself made a connection that no human could have ever possibly made. And that was what I experienced from it. Thank you, Dave. I want to close this out with a couple of reads. I'm in Zechariah 6 and verse 4. I asked the angel who was talking with me, Sir, what are these? The angel answered, The four spirits. Whoops, did I grab the wrong thing here? I did it. How did I do it? How did I do it? I'm in the wrong page. That's why. It didn't make sense to me either. The Lord, this is uh, Zechariah 1, verse 2. The, the Lord who rules over all was very angry with our people years ago. And now he says to us, return to me, then I will return to you. Guess what's happening in today? The Lord's beginning a work in Israel, among the hearts of the Jewish people throughout the world. Do not be like your people years ago. The earlier prophets gave them my message. I said, stop doing what is evil. Turn away from your sinful practices. But they would not listen to me. They would not pay any attention, announced the Lord. Where are those people now? And what about the prophets? Do they live forever? I commanded my servants, the prophets, what to say. I told them what I planned to do, but your people refused to obey me, so I had to punish them. Then they had a change of heart. They said, the Lord who rules over all has punished us because of uh, how we have lived. He was fair and right to do that. He has done to us what he decided to do. So here we are today in a new, new place. God is doing a restoration. The Lord says in, in his word, before the rocks cry out, what? Before the rocks cry out, 
I will praise the Lord. Who's going to praise the Lord? Us, we, the believers. The Jewish people are beginning to cry out. We have a job to do to not hide our faith under a bushel, but to take that word out, proclaim that good news, because the rocks will cry out. You've heard stories about how people have gone into different valleys and places. Some of us have heard these stories. And they hear these whisperings in the, in the desert. These are the rocks crying out in some ways. And we need to proclaim this good news everywhere we go. And as Phyllis had shared, out of the word, basically God is, God is waiting for that restoration to take place. He's waiting for uh, his people to come back into the land so that will usher in the Messiah, his second coming. We're going to uh, stand up now. We're going to uh, sing a song. It's about hope. It is hope. It's Hatikva. I don't know if we have the word. Ah, good. We have the words. And then I'm going to come up and send us out with a blessing and then ask the blessing on the food. song is the hope of Israel. Let's uh, go out with a blessing, and please don't forget to come downstairs for our one. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you, and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious. 
unto you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. We thank you for our food. We ask the Lord's blessing on it. And this is well covered, my word. Come on out. Here we have a lovely challah. Baruch atadonai, Eloheinu melech halom, hamotzi lechem min haaretz. Amen. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who gives us this bread from the earth. And we also have drink that we'll partake. Baruch atadonai, Eloheinu melech halom, pari hagafan. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who creates the fruit of the vine. In Yeshua's name, go in peace, Shabbat Shalom, and get to know each other a little more.